You're listening to the Brooke Snow Podcast, conversations to help you look forward with faith, faith in yourself, faith in God, and faith in your own mission and purpose. I'm your host, Brooke Snow. You have episode 64, It's Just Data. Do you ever get discouraged by your mistakes? What about the times that you don't perform as well as you would hope to? Do you ever look back on your year or your day and get frustrated by the gap of where you are and where you know you could be? Do you ever take all of this personally and get down on yourself? In today's podcast, I'm going to share with you my favorite mantra for turning mistakes into growth. My favorite mantra to remind me to not take any of this personally and instead to use it as loving information to help me grow. If you enjoy this podcast, I know you would love my book, Living in Your True Identity. It's available at Deseret Book or online at Amazon.com. It's filled with 21 tools to help you live life as the best version of yourself. Thank you to all of you who have left a review for this podcast or you've taken the time to share it with a friend. As you may know, I'm not active on social media. This is a deliberate choice that helps me have the creativity and the focus to make this podcast the best that it can be. So the only way this podcast grows is by word of mouth. It's by you. (laughs) Thank you so much for taking the time to share this with your friends and support this effort. I love you for it. Today's review of the week comes from Moreno Fam 4. She says, my older sister, Andrea, who I look up to and respect, sent me an episode, Floors and Ceilings, and it was simply amazing. She knew I was thinking and working on resolutions I want to do next year. It was exactly what I was looking for at the moment, and I was hooked. The next day, I spent hours listening to older episodes while I cleaned and ran errands. Brooke is so great at bringing life to the stories, and everything she says is spot on and simplified in a way it just shines with truth. I've listened to episodes over and over and still get something new from it. Most episodes hit me in a way that makes me cry. Thank you so much, Brooke, for what you do. Moreno Fam 4, thank you so much for your review. I am so glad that the floors and ceilings episode was so helpful for you. This is an amazing concept to keep in mind, especially as we approach the new year. So thank you so much for bringing that to our attention. In fact, today I'm going to share with you an area of my life that I recently discovered did not have a floor and how that has created some struggle for me. Floors release the pressure, and it still helps us to show up in our life despite what happens around us. Good luck, Moreno Fam 4, in your own floors and ceilings. If you want to be the reviewer of the week, please leave me a five-star review in iTunes and share your favorite takeaway so far. Your ratings and your reviews and your shares are what makes this podcast possible. So thank you so much for listening and for sharing. Friends, I'm so excited to be back on the podcast. At the beginning of this year, I set a goal to do 48 podcasts this year, and I made it almost to the end of the year without missing a single week. And then it was as if everything piled up at once. I had some major things happening in my personal life. I lost a dear friend and was asked to speak at the funeral. It was the onset of the holiday season. I had some huge commitments to my coaching program as well as the coaching program that I'm certifying in. Somehow, I got put in charge of planning the entire program for our church Christmas party. My kids had multiple rehearsals and performances. My husband left overseas for two weeks. I got sick. And then I had to travel to graduate from my coaching certification program, and I was expected to run a Spartan race as part of my graduation. 
Now, I know that you don't need a travelogue. We all have things going on in our life. The only reason that I bring this up is because I learned something really important. If you've listened to my episode on floors and ceilings that we already talked about, I make the point that all of our goals and rituals and habits that we want consistency in, they're more likely to happen if we have a floor and not just a ceiling. So what's the ceiling? A ceiling is our perfect ideal. And what's the floor? (laughs) The floor is a very tiny version of that goal or habit. It's very small and it makes it possible for us to show up even if things are happening in our life. It makes us possible for us to show up without having to be perfect or big. A ceiling, for example, could be to work out an hour every day and a floor could be do five jumping jacks. (laughs) It may sound silly to have something so tiny as a floor, but because our life is dynamic and always changing, we will inevitably find ourselves on a day where our limitations are higher than normal. The only way that I have been astonishingly consistent in all of my goals is because I have a floor for everything, except I recently discovered I was missing a floor in something super important. My podcast, (laughs) I only have a ceiling for my podcast. And by now I have a pretty practiced workflow and structure to creating these episodes. Nonetheless, from start to finish, each episode takes me anywhere from four to five hours to produce. To make that happen every single week for 46 weeks in a row, I consider that to be a pretty major accomplishment. At times, that's required me to produce two in a week in order to accommodate times I knew that I'd be traveling or unable to get to it. Unfortunately, in the last few weeks, because of all the things happening in my life, my podcast felt like the most stressful thing on my to-do list. And to my great amazement, I realized that the stress was in large part because I only had a ceiling. The only option I had created for myself was to create this polished five-hour effort. I had never created a floor. I had never even considered smaller options that would allow me to have consistency that was adaptable to what was going on in my life. Yes, me, (laughs) the one who did a podcast all about floors and ceilings. I only had a ceiling for a podcast. And when life became too intense, I simply couldn't show up. I will tell you, if you don't have a floor for something in your life, it will make itself known unto you. (laughs) Either you will give up and quit, or you will feel like crawling into bed and pulling the covers over your head. To be honest, I still haven't figured out a floor for my podcast, but it's one of the areas of my life that I plan on figuring out in the next few weeks, especially as we enter into the new year. The reason so many of us give up on goals and habits and projects is because we only have a ceiling. Then life happens. And sometimes it even forces us to let go of the perfect ideal because there are no other variations for what that can look like. So we stop or we give up. As you evaluate the past year and you look ahead into the next one, I encourage you to consider floors and ceilings for everything. It's the only way to be consistent in what matters most. Now this self-evaluation, it's an important part of our year 
it's also an important part of each day. Or as I experienced in the last few weeks, it's an important part of evaluating what is not working. A helpful paradigm that has greatly blessed my life this year has been something I learned from my coach, Brian Johnson. He encourages us to consider three personas as we look at our life. The first is that of an athlete. The second is that of the scientist. And the third is that of the movie director. I'll go through those three again. First, athlete. Second, scientist. And third, movie director. So let's look at each of those for a second. How does an athlete get good at their game? Practice, practice, practice. How do we get good at anything? Practice. How do we get better at a habit? Better at communicating, better in a relationship, better at forgiveness, better at a skill. We have to practice. So as we look at our life with the athlete persona, remember the need for practice. How about the persona of the scientist? Does a scientist get upset when an experiment fails? Does a scientist take the results as a personal hit to their worthiness? Does a scientist allow their emotions to interpret experiments? No, everything is data. It's just data. So too, as we learn to look at our behavior or our performance in our life as just being data, we are able to use the data as information to help us grow. I'm going to come back to this one in more depth in just a minute. Our third persona is the movie director. Does a movie director start filming a scene and take one continuous shot all the way to the end of the film? Totally not. (laughs) Whenever there is a mistake, they simply cut and start again, cut and start again. There may be thousands of mistakes in a single film. It's expected. And happily, because there is the option to start again and film a scene as many times as it takes, the finished production is so much better and more refined. As we too learn to look at our mistakes in life, simply as an opportunity to start again, to practice, it's just data, we get better and better at life. We get better and better at our habits, our relationships, our projects, our skills, our self-development. But what do so many of us do instead? (laughs) We take it personally. We identify with it. We tell ourselves a story about how our performance means something about who we are. We get down on ourselves for not being who we want to be or where we want to be or as good at something as we want to be. We get discouraged with our less than perfect efforts. And we think it all means something about our worth. We may beat ourselves up or even shame ourselves into trying harder or doing better. It all becomes this emotional drama that increasingly enough seems to make it all worse and makes our growth even harder. Have you ever felt that way about something in your life? Have you ever struggled with a relationship or a habit or a skill and not performed in a way that you're happy with and you've allowed it to discourage you? As you look at the past year or even the past day, are there things about your performance that you feel 
critical about. Oh man, I totally should have done better at this. I totally missed the ball on this. Perhaps even negatively, we affirm those judgments. I'm such a bad mom. I'm such a slacker. I'm not a patient person. Oh, I'm so stupid. I've said every single one of those negative affirmations many times in my life. It's part of the common humanity to experience this discouragement and to take it personally. Sometimes we even take a weird sense of pride in taking it personally, almost like it will really reform us if we take deep enough to heart how much we missed the mark on something. Maybe if I really tell myself how awful I am at something, it will make me better at it. (laughs) Sound weird? Yes, because it is. (laughs) It's all screwed up. Growth and improvement is such a struggle when we critically judge all of our efforts in such a personal way. One of my favorite mantras this year has been the persona of the scientist. It's all just data. It's just data. I love this mantra so much. I use it every day. I love it because it removes the habit of personally identifying our behavior with our worth. I also love it because it means that I have important data to use to help me improve in a way that doesn't feel so icky. (laughs) Did I yell at my kids? It's just data. It's data. It doesn't mean I'm a horrible mom. It's data. What does the data help me learn? Well, looking at it like a scientist, perhaps I can see that I lost my temper because I was tired and hungry. How could I take better care of myself to make sure I have more rest and I'm nourished? Did I totally get overwhelmed and miss two weeks of podcasting? (laughs) It's just data. It's just data. It doesn't mean that I'm a failure at my goal this year. It doesn't mean that everyone who listens is going to be mad at me and upset that I didn't show up. It's just data. What does the data help me learn? Looking at it like a scientist, I see, oh, I only have a ceiling for this goal. Perhaps I could take some time to figure out an appropriate floor for creating a podcast so I can more joyfully adapt to the season or things that naturally come up in my life. Do I feel conflict in a relationship and have angry emotions towards another person? It's just data. It's just data. It doesn't mean that I'm a horrible person for feeling this way. It's just data. What can the data help me learn? Looking at it like a scientist, perhaps I can identify the story that I'm telling myself that is making me so angry. I can work on changing my thoughts and improving my relationship. I have spent most of my life taking every mistake personally. I have spent most of my life shaming myself for not being perfect. And it's a really crummy way to live. (laughs) One of the greatest gifts that I have given myself is to be the scientist. It's just data. It's just data. Suddenly, every mistake becomes useful information to help me learn and grow. Now, I still have a tendency to go down that old path of thinking and taking any less than perfect behavior in my life personally, which is why I love this mantra so much. I need the reminder. I always need the reminder. So what's our mantra? It's just data. It's just data. It's just data. I repeat that to myself often throughout the day. 
It turns my brain into a scientist who looks for where the experiment went wrong and what tweaks can be made to improve it. It's just data. Keep practicing. Start again. This mindset is really the entire key to our growth. Why are we even here? What are we supposed to actually figure out in this life? In the book of Abraham, the Lord reveals the purpose of our life. In Abraham chapter 3, verse 25, he says, And we will prove them herewith to see if they will do all things whatsoever their Lord, their God shall command them. Now, it's very important here that we don't get tripped up by this word prove, that we are here to be proved herewith, right? Today's modern understanding of this word can lead us to believe that we're proving our worth. This leads us to taking things personally. We're proving how good we can be and striving for that perfect performance. But this is not at all, not at all what the Lord is saying here. One day, I decided to look up the word prove in Webster's Dictionary, and I made the most delightful discovery. Do you know what this word actually means? You can even look it up for yourself online in the Merriam-Webster Online Dictionary. It is amazing. And it gives an archaic definition. Archaic means the oldest possible definition that we have on record for this word. How perfect, right? For understanding a word in scripture, we'd certainly want to know the oldest definition that we could find. So the archaic definition of the word prove means to learn by experience. To learn by experience. We are here to learn by experience. It's just data. <laughs> it's totally just data. We're supposed to make mistakes. That's part of our experience. But we're supposed to learn from it. We're here to learn by experience. And when we look at everything like a scientist, it's just data. Suddenly, learning by experience becomes far less painful. It becomes easier to move ahead. We make progress faster. We become consciously aware of the practice of learning by experience and what our thoughts and behaviors are. With this increased consciousness, we can work together with God in co-creating our growth. If it's all just data, we can go to the Lord and discuss with him how we could improve without the fear that he's condemning us or judging us. It's all just data to him as well. He's the one that said we're here to learn by experience. So if we're going to learn, we must develop the skill of interpreting the data as something separate from our worth. It's just data. Isn't this a glorious concept? This mantra has totally transformed my growth this year in the most loving and compassionate way. It's just data. Imagine looking at your mistakes as data. They're mistakes, just like the movie director, remember? We practice, we learn from the data, and we try again. Imagine looking at the areas that you need to grow as data. Imagine looking at all the things that are hard in life as data. What can we learn from it? What is this information telling us? Imagine looking at sin as data. Do you think it would make it easier to repent? 
to change, to turn back to God and co-create together with him a better experience? We're here to learn by experience. And how much more powerful is our learning when we can go to the master himself and look at the data and see what we can learn, how we can improve, what we could change or tweak to create a better experience. Sin is just data, it has no effect on our worth. Our worth is infinite and eternal. It's just data. Imagine looking at all your experiences as just data. Learn by experience and look forward with faith. Do you listen to these episodes and love what you hear and wonder where to start? I invite you to take my Christian Meditation 40-Day Challenge course. Meditation is my most important practice of the day, and I use it for so many things, including learning from my mistakes. It's all just data. <laughs> and meditation is a beautiful way to see this. But the key is consistency. That's why I love that this is a 40-day challenge. The challenge is to do it for 40 consecutive days. Starting a new habit and even more so being consistent with it, it can be tricky. And this is why I offer every student a free buddy pass, allowing you to handpick your own friend or family member to take the course with you. Get your own accountability partner and you both do the challenge together. Two people start a new empowering practice instead of just one. If this is calling out to you, I invite you to register at the link in the show notes or find it on my website at brooksnow.com. You can do this. I'm cheering you on.